Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Shifting the Needle. I am the host, Dan Shamblin, and in this episode, we are covering the development challenge of solid waste management. The challenge is twofold. The first is getting waste to the landfill. It is estimated that only 50% of waste generated actually makes it to a designated landfill, meaning trash is littering the streets, the land, and polluting the waterways. The second challenge is managing the waste that does reach the landfill. The current landfill, Kitezi, is meant to serve 5 million people, but it's old, it's past its intended lifespan, it was built poorly without environmental safeguards, and is full to capacity. The result is a landfill that is polluting the waterways and the neighboring community. The challenge is critical and needs to be addressed now. While a new landfill is identified to be built, land has not yet been opened for it. At the same time, the current landfill needs to be closed and capped in an environmentally sound and sustainable way. To explore this issue further, I'm joined by two experts, Helena McLeod, who is the team lead for the UK aid funded activity, Cities and Infrastructure for Growth, CIG, and also I'm joined by Dr. Najib Lukoya, an urban sanitation expert. Thank you both for joining me. To start our discussion off, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and who you are and what you're doing? Fantastic, Dan, thank you. So yes, as, as you said, my name's Helena McLeod and I'm team leader for CIG Uganda, which is a UK aid program. And we work on really making flagship climate smart infrastructure happen. But one of the big gaps in Africa and in Uganda is on the, the project preparation and the planning side. So we work at the early stage, trying to get the planning right, trying to get the original designs of the infrastructure good, and then trying to mobilize the finance because infrastructure costs a lot of money. So we try and work with the government to find the best and most cost-effective way to get really critical infrastructure on the ground. And Najib, can you give us a snapshot about your background? Thank you, Dan. I have, uh, over the past 10 years, um, worked in, in urban space, specifically Kampala Capital City Authority uh, support environment and sanitation section and this included uh, solid waste management sanitation environmental pollution and public health inspection but currently uh, a senior advisor to CIG on the urban waste management program for Kampala. Thank you both for your introductions. I want to jump into our core issue today of solid waste management. The current landfill in Kampala needs to be closed immediately. At the same time, a new site needs to be opened, which hasn't been done yet. Additionally, more people need to be disposing of their waste properly. This is especially concerning because of the rapid population growth this country is facing. So I'd like to hear more about your work and what you're doing to address these major development challenges. 
So waste is something that I'm really passionate about, and I think Najib is, is as well. Um, it's something that every single country is faced with. And a country like Uganda does have an opportunity to leapfrog some of those mistakes that other countries made, just because technology has progressed so, so much. It's a big challenge for Uganda, because as you say, there's so much um, rapid urbanization and there's very limited resources. In terms of the challenges, if you look at the, the waste hierarchy, when you produce waste or when a household or a business produces waste, there's a hierarchy that in an ideal world we will be doing. So first of all, we'll, we'll be reducing the amount of waste that we make. Very simply, that may be not having buying things with, with plastic bags that you just use once. Then the next level is trying to reuse things. So can we reuse? And, and Uganda is, of course, fantastic at reusing things. And many countries that are low-income countries, people just have to make the best of, of whatever they have. So you actually have a high level of reuse. But that's something which is, is next in terms of the waste hierarchy. Then there's recycle. So we hear a lot about recycling. So when something or when waste goes to a landfill, before it actually gets put into the, the landfill, take out all of the, the waste that can still be used productively. So for instance, some plastic can be, um, be reused and recycled. Then you recover. So again, in a landfill site, there is a lot of new technology around recovery of energy. So energy from waste. But there are costs attached to this, so those costs have to be looked at. But then right at the bottom of the hierarchy, if you can't do any of, of all those things above, then you have to dispose of that waste. And that waste has to be disposed of properly. And what I mean by properly is if you look at Chitezi, which is currently the main, main landfill of Kampala, but is really a dump site, all that waste is just being, and that refuse has just been put into that bit of land and all of the, the rain comes through, it washes through, and it creates a lot of toxic leakage. And that, that toxic water goes into the groundwater, it pollutes the groundwater, and it also goes into the, the rivers and streams around the site, polluting those as well. So that's just one type of challenge that you get. Now, if you, if you have lots of little waste sites around the country and they're not properly sealed, you're going to get that. And as you get more and more waste, that problem is going to get greater and greater. There's other challenges like um, greenhouse gas emissions from, from waste as well. Um, so there's a lot of, of those like greenhouse gases, water waste, but then there's also the aesthetic cost. So it looks pretty awful if it's not not dealt with properly. And if you go to Chitezi, actually, it just looks like a mountain of waste and nobody wants that in their back garden. So what we're trying to do in, in CIG, we can't tackle everything. You know, we have limited finances ourselves, but we feel that one of the, the biggest challenges is ensuring that most of the waste in, in Kampala and GKMA goes into properly engineered landfill sites. And that means a landfill site, which is designated as a waste area, which is properly sealed, not just with a layer of clay at the bottom, but different fabrics, different membranes um, that have a, a special technology so that that leachate, that waste water cannot go through into the groundwater and that any waste is properly treated so it isn't negative to 
to the surrounding environment and people and households, but also recognizing that there is an employment opportunity here. There's a lot of revenue that can be gained through waste. Um, and so can we bring in um, private sector providers that will, will help share the cost that may be better in terms of managing it than perhaps government? So we're looking at those different options with some of the other development partners like the IFC. So really recognizing it's a massive challenge for every city. It's a massive challenge um, for Greater Kampala and Kampala. But if it's done properly, if you have a proper engineered landfill, you can actually have a very significant benefit in terms of employment um, and really managing the negative aspects so they're minimized and surrounding communities are protected. So that's what we're trying to do with KCCA. Thank you for that. And Najib, do you have some additions to what Helena already mentioned? Just to note what we see, the case of Kampala, is uh, these municipalities struggling with a huge generation of waste beyond their capacity to, to collect and manage safely. In Kampala, for example, um, I think one year ago, we estimated over 2,000 tons of waste generated per day, and only half of this being uh, tracked and collected and safely disposed to various sites. And of course, there are all these kinds of fragmented material recovery by recyclers, um, uh, informal collectors and stuff like this, which are all not really uh, well organized. So the whole waste management ecosystem therefore becomes a crisis and an emergency on a daily basis. Najib, I have a follow-up question related to financing. Solid waste management should be self-sustaining. For instance, for me, I pay a monthly fee for a garbage truck to come and pick up my trash. Then the truck should pay a dumping fee at the landfill site. The fee helps with managing of the landfill. However, many people don't want to pay for the truck in the first place. They instead burn the trash in their yard, or they bury it, or they dump it someplace else in the bush. Then the second challenge is the trucks that do the pickup. Many of them don't want to pay fees for dumping at the landfill. Instead, they dump their trash someplace else. Although illegal, they're avoiding these fees. Najib, do I understand this issue correctly? And if so, can you elaborate on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you did. Um, ideally, um, I remember while still at KCC, we are tempted to design a whole uh, waste management chain management model with um, a cost recovery approach. So um, zoning the city to, to make sure you have private, well-regulated private sector service delivery systems where people pay uh, a price for the, the service, for the collection services. And the idea also was to try and um, um, capture some of this revenue at the disposal site. At the moment, the disposal site model has not worked well because there is a lot of huge uh, change management to be done there. There needs to be 
a well-structured system across the urban geographic area. And two, there needs to be very systematic and deliberate engagement, uh, politically, uh, private sector, and also the communities to understand the waste management service system. And the last bit is, of course, to ensure that there are uh, enforcement mechanisms for this to work. Because if you don't do that to enable the private sector to do their work well, then all that you do will basically be drained to loss. Helena, my next question is directed to you. You mentioned that part of your work is ensuring properly engineered waste sites. You also mentioned that Katezi is soon to close. After all, it is overfull, under-engineered, and polluting the nearby community. For instance, there's been points where the waste has been piled so high that there's been waste and trash landslides that has destroyed some of the facilities there. Furthermore, there's a black sludge river of affluence running into a stream in the nearby community. The place needs to close. At the same time, a new facility is yet to be opened. The ground has not even been broken for it yet. I'm wondering about your strategic work to solve these issues by working with the government, private sector, and donor agencies. Yeah, so Chitezi has to be closed. I mean, it's it's an emergency waiting to happen, really. If you've been there, it's a mountain of waste, and, and you've you know, you've mentioned that there have been landslides. Um, so the first thing to say is that there hasn't yet been a properly engineered landfill in Uganda. Um, so what we're we're trying to support KCCA to do is design and build the first engineered landfill, but also properly close Chitezi. But I'm saying that because the, the first thing we make sure we do is bring in the right experts to provide the solution. But we really want to enable uh, knowledge transfer to Ugandan experts. Um, So what we've done with Chitezi is we've paired a a fantastic local firm um, that is doing the environmental and social impact assessment with an expert um, South African firm that has extensive knowledge in engineered landfill closures. Um, And so what we're doing in that way is making sure that best practice international standards from overseas, in this case, South Africa, um, is brought into Uganda. And so that knowledge is transferred. So when other landfills need to be closed properly, um, Uganda will have that local knowledge and capacity to do that and don't necessarily have to rely on external experts. So that's one thing to say, because what we're, we're trying to do is also support the sustainable knowledge within the country of how to to really address the waste challenge. And having local expertise in government is essential, but it's also essential in the consultancy sector, so so the private sector. Now, of course, whilst Jatezi really needs to be closed immediately, there isn't somewhere to now take the waste. And you can't open a new landfill immediately. It takes not just planning, but it also takes a lot of stakeholder engagement. And one of the the reasons that so many infrastructure projects in Africa fail is because the engagement with the stakeholders 
throws everything on off track. And when it comes to waste, the challenge is nobody wants a waste landfill in their back garden. It's something that, you know, normally we would be reserved about. But when your only example of, of a dump site is Chitezi, you definitely don't want that in your back garden. Um, so one of the things that we're, we're trying to assist uh, the KCCA to do, and I should say that, um, you know, we're really privileged to be working with the executive director, uh, Dorothy Kasaka, who is incredibly committed to really making sure solid waste is managed really effectively and efficiently in the city. Um, she's an absolute champion as well of, of stakeholder engagement side of things. KCCA is about to start engaging with the stakeholders and, and trying to have a proper discussion and consultation with them about their concerns um, and sharing information about what the new landfill would really be like. And essentially, it wouldn't be like Chitezi. It wouldn't be a dump site. It would be properly engineered. It would be properly sealed. Um, there will be proper management of all those, those effluents and waste and um, management of the, the visuals as well. That is the aim. Um, and on that side of things, what we've been doing is, is trying to fill the gaps. So currently, the preferred land site, uh, landfill site by KCCA is the, um, is the Dundu site. Um, that's uh, land that they already own. Um, and before we got involved, there was an assessment of different potential sites, and that one was found to be the best potential site. There is a process in terms of infrastructure development and, and landfill, and one of the parts of that process is carrying out an environmental and social impact assessment. Um, and that's required by regulations in Uganda. Um, and that's something that we, we came in and, and um, paid for experts in the country to undertake. And that looks at, at what all the different environmental negative impacts potentially could be and what the mitigating responses could be. So how you minimise or eliminate those negative impacts of, of the landfill site. But they also look at the social side. So who would be affected in terms of the community? How would they be affected? And also, how can you put in place measures that they're protected? Um, and that could include, of course, compensation as well. So that environmental and social impact assessment has been largely completed, but there are further stages that will happen once the, the formal stakeholder, stakeholder engagement by KCCA has commenced. Um, and those, for instance, would involve if there's any relocation required, which would, of course, involve compensation as well. So we can help to an extent by providing technical expertise. Um, but of course, as the project owner, KCCA will have to take a lead on certain critical actions like the stakeholder engagement and really like bringing, bringing the community um, so that they feel they're involved and, and they feel that they're informed um, and consulted. I think that's really essential in terms of any infrastructure project. Thank you, Helena, for that high-level overview. Now, Najib, I'm also wondering from you, if you have some technical additions regarding the solutions to many of these issues. This is definitely an emergency, and it has been so for the past uh, few, uh, three, four years. 
And like I highlighted, so one of the fundamental solutions you need is for, for a very good uh, waste management system is infrastructure. This infrastructure should be able to support stream side of the waste management chain collection, a very organized collection system. So you need, of course, uh, decentralized systems uh, such as transfer stations, uh, centralized bins and uh, street bins and, and opportunities for sorting waste and providing leveraging resource recovery from some of these. For example, if you are able to uh, remove most of the recyclable materials such as paper, plastics, and all these that have value upstream um, in a well-organized way uh, through provision of um, collection and transportation of the same, normally through uh, private sector, this works great. So that reduces the pressure downstream to what Helena was talking about, uh, a well-designed landfill. So the landfill is definitely looked at as an immediate solution right now to relieve Kitesi and uh, reduce the current public health and environmental pollution risks right there. But uh, you are also looking at opportunities for um, volarization, waste polarization across the chain uh, so that, again, at the final disposal solution, you are dealing basically with high-end technological solutions um, for the waste that has been um, uh, transported and disposed over there but also ensuring that they, for example, if you engage private sector, there is a well-structured um, cost recovery and, and revenue generation. So KCCA, of course, is, is definitely uh, supposed to take lead and there is very good um, 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 indication that there is this commitment but also very importantly to collaborate with the uh, greater Kampala municipalities and local governments to, to ensure that this is not just a, a, a city center solution, but a greater Kampala um, solution. So in summary, basically um, uh, the support is geared towards organizing the entire waste management system, uh, with um, um, great leverage for, for private sector participation and uh, donor financing. Najib, thank you for that. You hit on some critical issues, such as financing, the role of good management, the need for a new structure, and stakeholder engagement. On that last piece, I've noticed several development projects, such as new road construction, sometimes get delayed for years because stakeholders were not properly engaged. So I absolutely agree with you on the need for stakeholder engagement to be forefront in this process. My next question is for either of you. How soon can we expect for a new facility to be opened? Uh 
I will take a shot first. So, um, Dan, this is a very uh, critical question. I think from a, a personal experience, it really depends on the readiness of the government, in this case, KCCA, to take on this project, for, first of all. This is very important. And this readiness can be in terms of uh, making sure there are available um, key resources to make sure the project takes off. And these resources may not necessarily be a monetary or financing, but to ensure that you bring on table the key stakeholders, the key partners, the key, uh, and provide the necessary information. So fundamentally, I see increasing the facility being ready as soon as um, probably two years or one year, depending on how um, uh, KCCA drives the process of bringing on board the key partners. And by key partners, I already uh, uh, mentioned, of course, CIG is here to support, but you have IFC on board, you have World Bank and so many uh, development partners willing to support. And most of these have their, um, uh, of course, uh, uh, investment conditions. So, so the faster you do this and um, align their investments into the project, the earlier project uh, proceeds. This is it. So if you give me, if, if I give it a shot in terms of time, project, and paying down on all these commitments and investments, probably within two years it can be done. Thank you for that. And Helena, from your perspective, according to your project, do you think two years is feasible? Does this match with your timeline? Thank you, Dan. Um, so firstly, in terms of, of our timeline, so our CIG Uganda program is due to, to finish um, May 2023, but we're only one development partner involved and we're not the biggest player by far. Um, so what we're really trying to do is get it to the point where it can be taken into the pipeline of a financier. And what that means is that they then come online um, with support to get it to the actual construction phase. So we're trying to do this preliminary work, getting all the different actors lined up, the government with enough capacity to take it forward to the next level. Um, so I think the timeline is absolutely doable. And as Najib has said, it really depends on the priority attached to this and the capacity uh, given to getting it through. Also, because there is an affordability question, how will it be afforded? And that's that's something, again, we are, you know, not just us, but other development partners are helping the government and KCCA think through. There's other key actors, obviously the Ministry of Finance, um, the PPP unit, the, the Public-Private Partnership unit, is involved because currently one of the considerations is that this will be a public-private partnership, which has a certain financing structure. So what we'd really like is that um, by early next year, there's clear progress has been made um, and there's a clear agreement on the financing, financing structure um, that is going to work for the government and that the government's committed to that. 
and the stakeholders are hopefully on board as well. But we've outlined some of those those key important areas. It's getting the the different government partners on the on the same hymn sheet. Um, the development partners they're all waiting to be coordinated. So bringing them behind. And that means both grant and potentially loan finance as well. And you have development partners with enormous experience who have done this in other countries around the world and who have also offered to take some of the leading people in in Uganda to see how it's been done elsewhere so that 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 knowledge and that vision can be brought back to Uganda. Uh, And maybe just to say a couple of things. Firstly, um, I haven't mentioned the waste pickers, but there are a lot of people that are already getting their livelihoods from picking waste, collecting waste from Chitezi. So one of the key things is to make sure that Chitezi is closed in a way that, that those people don't just lose their jobs. Um, so there would be a sequencing in terms of closing the Chitezi um, site. So it wouldn't all be closed at the same time. It would be done in a very structured way that would be sequenced with the opening of the new site and would take into account those waste pickers' livelihoods and and alternative livelihood solutions. Um, So I think that's a really, really important part because CIG is UK aid, and UK aid is absolutely focused on the poorest people and making sure that everybody benefits. The second thing to say is that I really believe in vision, and that's why it was a wonderful offer from one of the development partners to um, to take um, key people in Kampala and, and Greater Kampala to, to where they've done something similar in, in Lome and Cotonou. Um, we also could take people to South Africa where there are, there are many landfill sites as well. Because at the minute, people don't have the knowledge of what a, a really good working landfill site could look like. I always encourage people to start with a vision. And the vision could, for instance, include electric um, refuse trucks, for instance, you know, so you don't have um, the fumes from the the refuse trucks. You know, we're we're trying to go to a a low carbon world. We've got COP26 just wrapping up in Glasgow. Everything we do at the minute should be looking through a lens of, of how can we be in a carbon neutral, zero carbon, low carbon world. And there are some real opportunities here. You have great, um, you know, great um, electric vehicle manufacturer in Uganda. Um, There's opportunities for for manufacture of these these trucks and and further employment, further green jobs. So there's a wonderful vision in terms of this waste um, challenge, but also an opportunity for green jobs and from really having a sustainable economy. And I always come back to Uganda and the beauty of Uganda. It is the pearl of Africa, but waste can mar beauty. Um, And it's really so important that we all come together, development partners, um, government, private sector, to really find a solution for Kampala. So, and Greater Kampala and Uganda, because, you know, the waste is obviously not just concentrated in, in any one place but find that those solutions. So yeah, we just are protecting the beauty of the country and at the same time, promoting jobs for for people. And obviously, Uganda really needs job creation as well. Actually, you connected two pieces which I was interested in talking about. COP26, which is the current global climate conference. And also, I wanted to talk about green jobs and green growth. While landfills if not well-designed and well-managed, create an environmental and health crisis. 
However, if well done, can be part of a larger green growth strategy. For instance, the most obvious is job creation from recycling. But also, there are opportunities to harness energy from the methane gas, and also capped landfills can become excellent solar power sites. After all, you cannot build on them. Are there any plans to harness the waste sites as part of a larger green growth strategy? Both of our um, our assignments in terms of the landfill closure designs at Chitazi and also the Dundu designs, the consultant experts are tasked with looking at the carbon zero options. So we make it explicit. Um, We haven't finished the design, uh, the preliminary designs in Chitazi, so I can't say what that would look like, but the waste energy is definitely being considered. Um, And I think it's a great idea that you say in terms of the, the solar PV on the site um, so we, we do have a landscape ar- architect looking at what that final capped landfill at Chitesi could look like. So I shall, I shall mention to her looking at the, the solar option. I think that's a great option. So as I say, we, 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 set the, we tend to set the, t- the criteria and then we ask the consultants to come up with different solutions. So we'll see what they come up with. But again, we're not the only ones involved. Um, there's... Um, The Global Green Growth Institute um, are very much involved in terms of green growth strategy and planning and very actively involved in the the solid waste um, scene and looking at a solution for that, looking at the the overall strategy for solid waste in Kampala and Greater Kampala. Um, So again, as as I say, we're working with a number of other development partners. CIG won't have all the solutions by far, but that issue is absolutely being covered Um, by the development partners and all the, you know, the broader development partners. So for instance, the AIAFD, the EU, they're also very much um, willing to give um, both grant and loan behind the solid waste management issue in in the the Greater Kampala area. If they're asked, they have to be asked. And they have, again, ideas in terms of, of what that green aspect could look like and very clear criteria that needs to be met. And I think that's the the thing to to emphasize is that when development partners are involved, a a certain level of um, technology is expected and international best practice is is required to get that financing. And I say that for the communities to have some assurance because I know people are very keen and passionate about making sure that you know, that, that future waste management is at a very high standard. And, and so the very strict standards when you get international finances involved that can be a real benefit um, to the environment in countries like Uganda. Helena and Najib, I appreciate both of you for taking the time to speak with me. I certainly learned a lot about this issue of solid waste management from preparing for this podcast and discussing this topic further with you today. Before we conclude, is there anything else which we did not already cover, which you think is important to this conversation? The the opportunity uh, that we haven't really touched on, I do think is the the, um, reduction of waste at the beginning. So uh, there's a high content of plastics waste in the waste um, in Uganda, and a lot of it is just a single-use plastic, so water bottles, and you know bags and things, but but a lot of a lot of water bottles and big big the big water 
um, tanks. And I do think there's an opportunity to come in and really look at how you reduce the waste at the beginning and how do you reduce plastics waste. I think there's a wonderful private sector business opportunity there. So in South Africa, for instance, you have um, water filters on taps. So even if the the water is not clean, um, when it comes out of the tap, tap, when you put the water filter in, it cleans it and it can last for for a year and it's it's affordable. So those types of solutions, those technologies haven't, well, they've just begun to be finding their way to Uganda. But those types of things could really eliminate a lot of waste in the in the chain. And I think really reduce a lot of the, shall we say, aesthetic scarring from, from litter. So I think again, we can't do everything. But I think, you know, if we're looking at the overall solution. It's easy to focus on clearing up the mess at the end, but there's so many business opportunities for taking out some of the the waste at the beginning. I'd love to see that coming through at some point. Thank you. Thank you for that. Actually, what led me to meeting with you was research I was doing on plastic pollution. And absolutely, I agree that there is a tremendous amount that can be done to reduce the amount of waste from products that we consume, so there's not as much trash in the first place. And Najib, before we conclude, do you have any last statements? Kampala has a great uh, opportunity. Uh, For me, it looks like it is now or never. And and for one reason or two, one is uh, we've just been following the conversations at COP26 and um, cities and uh, climate action has to happen and and commitments made by various governments, including government of Uganda, really show great potential for us to do things differently. There is also a lot of commitment on climate financing. Urban waste management is an area um, that can significantly contribute to uh, climate action initiatives in terms of reducing um, flooding and also mitigation of greenhouse gases at the downstream end. And I also think that there are a number of innovations currently ongoing and tested which can be leveraged and a solution for um, making Kampala a green city. Thank you. Again, thank you both for joining me. It was an absolute pleasure, and I hope we have an opportunity to discuss this again, especially once the new landfill is open. Dan, it's been absolutely lovely. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure to be on your show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dan. It was great and very adventurous for me. Thank you. That concludes episode nine of Shifting the Needle. In the description of this episode, I've included links to CIG and additional research about this topic of solid waste management in Uganda. Thank you for listening, and I hope you tune into more episodes in the future.